All right, and welcome to episode number six of 357. We're back here after taking a taking a Thursday off. We're both pretty busy, and it's not like we didn't have uh, too much going on in the world of world of college hoops anyways. But we are back. We're back here on Monday, and we are moments, about 24 hours after the latest AP poll came out. And we're going to look at that. Not too much movement, at least top three staying the same. A little shakeup in the top ten. Um, and a couple teams took some big drops, and there were a couple that made a couple leaps as well. So, Colin, I'll start with you. Do you have any major thoughts going out of? Um, like you said, there wasn't a ton of movement up top. The top three teams actually said the exact same. Uh, Gonzaga and UCLA switched, and uh, Arizona went up some. Kansas stayed. I do think Arizona and Kansas should be higher, but um, the teams above them didn't lose, so they're not going to uh, jump them just yet. Alabama did take a decent fall down four from their loss um, at Memphis. And some teams like Xavier and Providence, who actually jumped into the rankings after a big win, and Xavier moving up four spots, which I think could have been more than four, but um, – I think the highlight of this poll is Villanova dropping 14 spots all the way to 23rd, which I think is pretty deserving. They have four losses already this year and um, just absolutely murdered by Creighton by 20. So um, yeah. overall, I think it's a pretty decent poll. I do think some of the teams receiving votes are a little, um, uh, I guess, controversial, but like Arkansas, I don't know how they're still getting that many votes, but the actual poll itself is pretty decent, I think. Yeah, and if, if you do look at the poll, you do see, to, to go off of your last thought there, you do see like like a solid top 30. And the drop-off, like the drop between 30 and 31 between Loyola, Chicago, and Michigan yeah. is huge. 42 and 9 votes. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a, a, like a top-tier sort of – manifests itself in college basketball and we got a solid top 30 teams and it seems like everybody else though personally i think you could make an argument to bump a couple of those teams up including uh san francisco even though they lost to grand canyon on saturday but um grand canyon is a solid team it was only by one point anyways i think san francisco can make that argument uh wake forest and virginia tech as well without the yep. recently. but yeah i do i do agree with villanova dropping 14 spots i mean losses three of them are to, to solid teams but four losses this early in the year especially that last one to Creighton you know 23 is 23 is definitely definitely not not too too high for them um and yeah for the most part I think LSU should should be higher they've they've handled all their all their games pretty easily so far uh, including a, a couple big wins. Uh, I know we talked about the one over Georgia Tech, but then going out and beating Louisiana Tech away too. And at uh, Wake Forest too. Yeah, yeah, and, and Wake Forest. Um, yeah, they, they have some solid wins, and I think they should definitely be higher than 19. And they have a chance to prove it next week when they go up against Auburn in their first SEC game. But, yeah, for the most part, those that's other than that, it seems like a solid poll. Um, from the AP guys. All right. So moving on. Oh, actually, I do want to touch a little bit. This is uh, not not involved in the AP poll, but just where we stand with COVID and how it's affected 
college basketball recently. We've seen tons of cancellations. Um, maybe not tons, but a, a lot. Yeah, a decent amount. I mean, out of our eight picks from um, this Thursday, we didn't do a show, but we still picked eight games. Four of the games got canceled. Yep. And so we ended up just, just with four over the weekend, which is fine. Two of those games ended up combining into one. Uh, the CBS Sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kentucky. It's too late for that anyways. But, um, yeah, just how, you know, we, we've seen more and more cancellations. I'm just hoping, I think, and from what I've seen on Twitter, a lot of it stemmed from it, not necessarily there being a bunch of cases, but just the, 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 the protocols being similar to what they were yeah. uh, last year. And with, with the Omicron variant going around, it's made it's made it a lot tougher to to uh you know have have the whole team available to play so definitely something to monitor forward hopefully we can get through this and at least finish off with a solid you know a normal yeah. college basketball season be the be the first one in a while so i know uh the ub game i was supposed to go to tomorrow against uc irvine who solid team played usc close that's been postponed and um yeah, all over the place. There have been cancellations. So we'll get through that. But anyways, moving on to our picks. Uh, like Helen said, we only had four from Thursday through Sunday. We wanted to do eight, but all the cancellations going on have prevented it. So there's a little a little move up from me uh, and the computer. You went two and two. You went two and two on your picks. I went three and one. I missed on... Um, let me double check here. Because I got I got Diego State and I missed out on Auburn. No, not Auburn St. Louis. Iowa Utah State. I had Utah State. Yeah, that's who I picked. I missed on that one. Yep. And then yeah, so just to recap the games that we did go with for this weekend. St. Mary, San Diego State. Uh we both picked San Diego State. We got both got that. Iowa, Utah State. We both picked uh Utah State. Both got that one wrong. Uh, then Gonzaga, Texas Tech, both picked um, Gonzaga, and we got that. And then Auburn, St. Louis, I went with Auburn. You went with St. Louis, and I, that's where I got the edge there. And then we also had originally wanted to do Memphis, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio State, North Carolina, UCLA, and Florida State, UCF, but all those games got canceled. So that, anyways, we were able to get four in. You won two and two. I won three and one. Computer a sweep, four and zero. Oh. So Dang. it 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 picked up some ground. So overall this season, you're still in the lead, fourteen and ten. But me and the computer both at twelve and twelve. Yeah, last Monday really helped me out. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. But yeah, and I was just to say it too. Like we're not picking if we if we picked like just straight up the games with the best teams. We would have, you know, we'd we'd be hitting more like 65-70%. Yeah. Well, we're trying to find the close, the even games to make it, you know, make it more of a contest, more of a fair, fair sort of thing. So, and some mid-major yeah. games too. Yeah, and that that's why we're gonna be, you know, which are honestly harder to pick because like the the scale is so close and the teams are so much more competitive than uh a game like Duke, uh whoever they're playing. I forget. Just any like big teams, there's more of a skill gap. Even if it's like number two against number twenty, there's a bigger skill gap than two unranked mid-major teams. 
Yeah, and that that's why we're going for like games. I'd rather pick a close mid-major game, say like um, like Richmond Odd Adventure, than picking Kansas Kansas TCU, where like Kansas yeah. be like fifteen, and we can both pick Kansas and get a win. That's why you know you you see our records. You might not think we're we're you know great at doing this, but we're we're making it hard on ourselves. All right, so moving on, moving into this week's games. Hopefully, as of right now, all six of these games are on. I even I picked them out this morning, and they are all still on. So good sign. Hopefully, it stays that way. And we are going to open up with a Big East game: Xavier and Villanova. Yeah, that's so, a huge game. It is. Who are you going with here? This was the hardest game for me to pick. I was just picking it last minute. Uh, I kept going back and forth, but I ended up going with Villanova here. I want to pick Xavier. They've looked so great recently. Um, They're really close to me, so I know a lot about Xavier. I've been to a few games, not this year, but um, Villanova. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think they're not a top 10 team, and they're not like the Villanova we're used to every year. And Xavier's coming off some good wins. They've won uh, four, like five in a row or something. Um, coming off a win at Marquette or at against Marquette, and this game's also at Villanova too. So I think this is more of a kind of bounce back game for Villanova. All right, so you're taking Villanova in the bounce back. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you here, and I'm going to take Xavier. Um, Xavier just really really going out and surprised a lot of people this year, especially compared to their preseason expectations, but their only loss coming to a top 10 team and current top 10 team in uh, Iowa state and several wins over Cincy, Oklahoma state, like you said, beat Marquette, uh, Virginia tech, Ohio state. I think this is a really solid team. Jack Nungy has been great for them. He's been that, that big guy. Yeah. Need. And Nate they, Johnson they, too. what was that? Nate Johnson too. their point guard. Yeah, um, yeah, they have they have a few really good pieces, and um, I think they can disrupt a very what's the word like a precise Villanova offense. You know, a lot of yeah, a lot of turnovers. Uh, it it can be hard to hard to stop them when they get going, but I think Xavier has the the pieces and the defense to do what they can to get the win here. Take Xavier. And the computer did not agree with me, agreed with you. Took Villanova by a score of 70 to 61. So that was a computer. Moving on to the second game, I think, because I think it's a doubleheader on Fox. They go back to back. One of them, Xavier Nova. The other one, UConn Marquette. So who do you got for that? Um, I'm going with the home team again. I have Marquette here. UConn. Another good team just dropped from the rankings recently. They've had two recent losses, one to the West Virginia that we saw. I think we picked it earlier too, um, which was more of an ugly game, but West Virginia did win. They had a win over St. Bonaventure, and then they lost to Providence um, this weekend. And I just haven't been too impressed by UConn. I think they have, they're a good team still, but – I think they're like unexperienced, I would I would say. And I've liked what I've seen from Marquette besides the Wisconsin game. And their forward Justin 
Lewis has looked great. He's averaging close to a double-double. He has 15 points, eight rebounds. And Marquette's a solid team in the Big – they're always a solid team in the Big East, but I think uh, a couple more wins and they could be considered to be ranked, but they have pretty tough schedule coming up. They have UConn, St. John's, and Creighton, who are all unranked, but they're all solid teams. So their Big East play is starting. And then they have Providence after that. So they got a tough stretch ahead. Yeah, they do. And I'm I'm going to agree with you here. I am I'm going to take Marquette. Uh, Marquette, <clears throat> they've, they've been kind of inconsistent this year. Have a couple of good wins, a couple of bad losses. But I've, to me, UConn has been more inconsistent. Yeah. Their offense is just they've struggled to find offense at times. Either it looks like they're on, they have a great shooting night, or a, a tough shooting night. And, again, I think it goes back to what you said where they're just inexperienced right now. Yeah, I mean, you see they had a double overtime win over Auburn, 115-109. Then they have games where they struggle with Maryland Eastern Shore. So I just think it's a really inconsistent team, and you can't be inconsistent if you want to do well in the Big East. Yeah, one of the might be the second most competitive division right now behind the Big 12. Yeah, definitely. It seems like uh, usually it's Nova and then a second tier, but it feels like there are a bunch of teams. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, there's like a kind of top. All of them are competitive right now. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, a lot of teams that are battling for it this year. So that'll that'll be a grind. And for you, I think, uh, Morcel, they 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 have a great defense when they're they're on. It doesn't bode well for UConn's offense. Morcel, I feel I can lock up RJ Cole. Marquette takes. And the computer did agree with both of us, taking Marquette in a blowout. 74 to 54. So that was its pick. All right, moving on. In the East Coast to the West Coast, we got Fresno State and Utah. Who do you got there? Um, I'm going with Fresno State here, a team in the Mountain West who only has two losses right now. Lost to Cal earlier in the year in November, and they just um, a week or two ago lost to San Francisco but kept it pretty close. They only lost by eight, and San Francisco has been um, a team that's surprised. They just lost their first game, but it was by one to Grand Canyon, but they were – they're 11-1 and one right now. And Fresno State has been pretty good so far in the Mountain West. They're about to hit conference play uh, after this game, I'm pretty sure. But uh, the Mountain West is a, one of the best – mid-major conferences this year besides maybe the west coast conference they're up um with like the a10 too they're about as competitive with teams like colorado state and wyoming right on the border of being ranked but uh i have fresno state here against uh utah and fresno state's biggest scorer um orlando robinson their big man he's seven foot 235 um averaging 18 and 8 for fresno state so he is a dominant um, guy in the paint. He's leading them in points, rebounds, and assists. So he is everything for almost everything for Fresno State right now. Yeah, definitely. And he is the main reason why I'm going to agree with you and predict a Fresno State win. Um, Utah's best player, they don't really have a one one go to guy, but at least their point leader, Brandon Carlson, is a center, also seven foot 215. But in terms of pure talent, Carlson's a good player, not as good as Orlando Robinson. Yeah. Robinson, uh, you know, borderline draft prospect. I know he was at one of the camps last year. Um, he got invited to it. 
And yeah, major part of this Fresno State offense, they I think you can take control against Utah. And again, kind of a shaky Utah offense too. Just like the last going up against a buzzsaw defense. Uh, looking at it here, Fresno State holding, uh, allowing 56 points a game, which is eighth in the country, and only 52 points a game in their last five. So they have a really good defense. I think they can shut down Utah and get the win. Yeah, and this is a game, too, that we are – oh, sorry, you finished. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Um, this is a game kind of that I think could be considered one of those mid-major games that's less popular. Utah is a Power 5 school, but they're not a top the, – um, the Pac-12, and it's the worst Power 5 conference. But yeah. um, you have Fresno State, too. This is going to be a game that's not – many people are going to watch, but I think is out of the three so far might be the most interesting because you have um, both these teams – who I think it's a pretty even matchup. It's at Utah, too. Utah is favored to win um, by 65% to 35. And I think this will be a great game to, um, to watch, especially because it's going to be a less publicized game compared to these two, the previous two Big East matchups. Yeah, for sure. And um, X Factor for Utah is going to be both Gok. Uh, transfer from Minnesota, guard, averaging about 13 for them this year. And yeah, like you said, you, you said it really well. It's like an under underrated game. Of course, it's going to be on the Pac-12 network, which like nobody gets. Yeah, stupid Pac-12 network. But it's going to be a really good game if you do get the network. It is. On, it is on at seven though, because usually these games are at like midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So us coast people can can watch it. Um, and Utah's favored by two and a half. So they're giving Utah. We're taking Fresno State. Should be a good one. Computer did agree with us. Fresno's 83 to 61. So two in a row. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Three games Tuesday, three games Wednesday for this episode. So now to our Wednesday games. Starting off with probably the biggest one, maybe of the, the week, Arizona and Tennessee. Do you want to start this one? Um sure. Sure. Yeah, I'll start. I'll, I'm personally going with Arizona. I think they've you know, looked really well this year. Should be a top uh, – what are they right now? They're – yes. Six. Yeah, I'd, I'd make the case moving them above UCLA, maybe even Gonzaga too. They've looked uh, – with the exception of you know, maybe Illinois, who is still a solid team, they've be beaten their opponents pretty handily this year. And Benedict Mathurin – Really great player, along with Tubelis. And the problem with Tennessee is that at times they're another one of these unexperienced teams that's offense just can't get going. They don't really have a good win this year. They beat North Carolina, but even North Carolina recently struggled too, especially. And then, I mean, you look at their losses, the, the, all the other power schools they faced lost to Nova, lost to Texas Tech, and then they did beat Colorado, but Colorado's not a great power conference school this year anyways um also i mean they they will have rest to help them out they will have the home court advantage in arizona i do think it'll be close but at the end of the good day i just think their offense doesn't help and arizona takes this one i'm gonna disagree and pick tennessee so <clears throat> you do have fair points arizona's look great they haven't really had too much competition or close games besides the Illinois game, which Illinois is a good team, like you said. 
and it was at Illinois too. And Arizona's looked great so far with um, without Sean Miller, um, sort of a new team. Um, also, Benedict uh, Matherin looked great so far, one of the front runners for um, National Player of the Year. But Tennessee, you have a fair case for their offense, similar to the other teams we were talking about, unexperienced and shaky offense at times. I do like Tennessee's defense. I think they have one of the best defenses, um, at least in the SEC. And they haven't had um, a good showing yet against a, against good competition. I would have loved to see them play Memphis, a great rivalry game that was at a neutral site. But um, like we said earlier, um, COVID has kind of gotten the better of some of these games. But they have a tough schedule coming up. They have Arizona, and in a week after that, they have Alabama and then Ole Miss, LSU. And, I mean, they just get right into SEC play. But – I'm going with Tennessee. They are the home team, and I think they're going to give Arizona their first loss. All right, yeah, pretty big, and that'd be huge for Tennessee going into uh, yeah. going into SEC play. But yeah, that's uh, that'd be a pretty big upset. Computer did not agree with you on this one. Went with me, took Arizona, but in in a close one, seventy six seventy one. So that is what the computer said. All right, moving on to Virginia Tech Duke. I think this is another one that we might disagree on because you picked the upset in the last one. I'm taking the upset here. I got Virginia Tech knocking off number two Duke. Duke, we haven't seen much of them, especially not at all recently against good competition. They've only played three games in December, South Carolina State, Appalachian, Elon, all blowouts. Last time we saw them beat Gonzaga, only other game sent, other than the three I just mentioned, the loss to Ohio State. So we have they haven't been tested recently. And Virginia Tech is going to be a bigger test than a lot of people think. Uh, they're coming off a great game against Bonaventure, beaten by 37. And um, they got a lot of good players. They got uh, old Kivi Aluma, who was the main star for this team last year. He's averaging 14. Then they got Hunter Couture, a guard that's been a, a great shooter. When he's hot, he's one of the best shooters. In the yeah, he was five for five from three against Bonaventure with 21 points. Yeah, yeah. yeah just an absolute sharpshooter. And, and they also have Storm Murphy, a transfer from Wofford, who can also – I mean, he's only averaging eight, but when he's on, he can shoot the lights out. So they have a lot of good shooters and some solid interior guys as well. They have I, – I think they have the length in – most of the athleticism, they're, I mean, Dukes, of course, are going to be more athletic. They're, they got the pure, when it comes to pure talent, they got the more talented guys. But Virginia Tech can match up with a lot of the athleticism that Duke brings. So because of this, I think they walk into Duke, ACC opener, and they steal one from, from Duke. Yeah, and you were right. I am going to take the opposite team. I'm going to take the favorite here with Duke. Um you have a great case for Virginia Tech, but I just think that this one's at Cameron Indoor. And sure, Duke hasn't played too many, hasn't played any competition in December yet, but um, I just don't think it's enough for Virginia Tech to to have to pick Virginia Tech over Duke. And Virginia Tech is a team that like every year in the ACC either steals a win from against someone like Duke or Louisville or someone who's usually better than they are, like North Carolina, but um, I just don't see it happening um, 
against Duke on what is that Wednesday? I think. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah so, I, I I could also totally see Virginia Tech's inconsistent of I could see him, you know, yeah. Duke just blowing him out. I, there's always just you can always overthink things in this sport. And I mean, we all know Duke. I'm not going to mention their team because everyone knows Duke's good. Oh, no. Plenty of scores, um, plenty of talent, but yeah. Another good Coach K team. All right, moving on to our last game here. Back out to the West Coast, another Mountain West Pac-12 matchup. We got Boise State and Washington State. And I'll, I'll start off with this one and doing the last couple. Uh, this one I'm going to go with Washington State. Washington State's a team that's gone under the radar a little bit this year. Uh, they do a four, a couple bad, uh, not a lot, not any bad ones. Uh, Eastern Washington's bad. Eastern Washington's their one bad <laughs> loss. But other than that, two point loss to USC, three point loss to South Dakota State. That was off a of buzzer beater, too. It's not like South Dakota State's awful. And then three point loss to New Mexico State, another solid mid major school. And then you look at wins 22 point win over Arizona State in a awful offensive game but they still technically blew them out and this is a team that uh i believe a new if not a new coach second year coach i I forget his name but i did see read a good article before the year on sports illustrated talking about how they use like i'm not gonna go super in depth because i'm we're just picking the game but it's basically that he uses like sort of a money ball to build the team, looking at like transfer portals and like under underrated recruits trying to get good guys. And it's worked decently well. They're, they're hovering around the bubble right now. And they got a, a, a really good backcourt, especially in Michael Flowers and Noah Williams. And I think that'd be the key. Boise State doesn't really have that good guard. Uh, Shaver and a cot are solid for the mountains, but I think Washington State uses – uh, they're two guards to take advantage and win this game. So I'm going to disagree again and go with Boise State. I picked them last week over Santa Clara too, and they won. Uh, Boise State is undefeated in December. Uh, I mentioned some about them, some uh, reasons why I thought they were going to be Santa Clara last time we picked them. And I basically have the same reasons again. Uh, I do think Boise State, it's at Washington State too, but I kind of just have a feeling with Boise State again this time. I'm not a huge Washington State, um, mainly just Pac-12 believer besides Arizona and uh, USC. I don't, I'm not huge on UCLA, but Boise State's only bad loss is against CSU Bakersfield, which was just an ugly game in general. It's 46-39, not much scoring. Every other loss is a – Solid loss. They lost earlier this season against UC Irvine, who we mentioned earlier, is an underrated team. St. Bonaventure lost by six, who was ranked at the time as well. And then um, to close off November, they lost in overtime to St. Louis by four. So if you disregard the CSU Bakersfield loss, I think um, Boise State's kind of record here against these teams isn't horrible. It's just kind of average or maybe slightly above average in some cases, at least recently. But this is a this would be a good win against a Power 5 school to just have on their uh, resume as they go into Mountain West play. Yeah, and I think both of like what we just talked about, really like 
represents how even it are. These are both solid teams with good guards. I, mean, I personally, Washington State's are better. You might think Boise State's are a little better. But, yeah, both solid teams, good guards, well, good loss, a couple good wins, a couple bad losses. Yeah. So it should be a really good one. I don't think it's on any major TV network, but it should be. And if you get the game, you should watch it because it should be close. And, I mean, Boise State after this uh, Washington State game opens up against, I think, what might be the four hardest teams in the Mountain West. They have Fresno State, Wyoming, Utah State, and then Colorado State. Oh, yeah, that's that's a gauntlet for the Mountain West especially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that'll do it for our picks. The computer did also did agree with me, again, taking Washington State in a blowout, 84-56. And I don't think I said it for the last one, but the computer took Virginia Tech in an upset too. So computer likes my picks this week. Yeah. See, last time I liked my picks didn't work out great. You ended up with the sweep, but it's got Virginia Tech 269 and then Washington State 8456. So yeah, our picks for Monday. We'll be back here to recap them on Thursday. And then you'll see you can see the full records on our Instagram. All right. So moving on to our segments. Uh I think you should go first because yeah. one, you only got one game, and I went first last couple, last couple of picks. So we got Colin, your weekly Indiana report. So what games do they do they have this week? Yes, yeah, so this is just going to be pretty quick. They only had one game on Wednesday against Notre Dame. It was the Crossroads Classic, so it was just after the Purdue and Butler game. Purdue showed up pretty nicely against Butler. And I was hoping Indiana would do the same against Notre Dame. And at first it was kind of sh- shaky in the first quarter or first uh, half, sorry. Uh, Notre Dame was up by around 10 at one point, but at halftime, Indiana kind of got it together. They were up by three at half. And then they kind of just controlled the game for um, most of the rest of the game. And Notre Dame never really went away. They were always within 10 ish of Indiana, but uh Big game from Indiana starters, like usual. Trey Shacks and Davis had another double-double. Uh, still feel like we he's not used as much or as well as he should be. But it was interesting because after the at the end of the game, when Indiana when Notre Dame was fouling and it was uh, obvious Indiana was going to win, uh, Xavier Johnson, which is Indiana's transfer starting point guard from Pitt, was taken out of the game and he was booed by some of the fans. He Shot three for 11 from the field, two for nine from three, had 11 points, three assists. Um, I can see kind of why they'd be frustrated with him because offensively, he just kind of looks like frantic at times and just moves too fast and makes some stupid mistakes and turnovers and takes some stupid shots that are rushed. But he does, I'm pretty sure he had the highest plus minus out of anyone uh, in the game but on Indiana, but I don't know. I have mixed feelings about him right now. I haven't seen enough against big teams from him yet. So once we start entering big 10 play, um, I'll get a more formed opinion on him, but Indiana does have two other point guards that could take his job um, with Rob Finnessy, who's um, a senior. And he's, this is his fourth year with junior eligibility who does get solid minutes, but he is the backup point guard. And then um, Christian Lander, who's a younger guy who was a freshman last year and uh, was going to transfer until 
Coach Woodson um, convinced him to stay. But uh, Christian Lander's a more offensive guy who's younger and he's not really developed as much on defense. But some of the fans were calling for him on Twitter after the game. But overall, I think it was a good, good win for Indiana. And it's, um, I love to see Indiana beat a team that just beat Kentucky. So I can kind of say that Indiana is better than Kentucky. Yeah. It checks out. Um, yeah, that'll yeah. Be for the weekly Indiana report. One game, they play again on this Wednesday against Northern Kentucky and then in a week against UNC Asheville. So they don't have much left in the December. Yeah, and they go right into a tough, tough nine, tough Big Ten play. Um, but yeah, and Lander was a pretty big, you know, pretty big recruiting gift for you guys, if I remember. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't talk about it since it happened, but Gabe Cups coming to Indiana. Yeah, he's also a guy that's like, um, with him and Logan Dunka, those two actually played. They went to Moeller and Centerville, which are two high schools near me. Centerville is closer to Dayton, but uh, Moeller's in Cincinnati, and they played in last year's uh, Division One Ohio Basketball State Championship. Centerville did win. And Gabe Cups was a junior. He's a senior this year. But, um, I mean, that's just super exciting to see him go to Indiana too now. So both of those teams' main guys are now um, going to be Hoosiers. So that was exciting to see, especially picking over schools in Ohio, like Ohio State. I think the other one was Stanford. But Yeah, definitely a big thing. Just big recruiting, just big um, for Indiana in general. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so moving on to my section, which is also going to be a little quicker. Uh, the mid major, my mid major Monday player of the week this week, I think I've done almost all West Coast guys so far, two out of the three. So I'm gonna go back to the East Coast, go to Davidson, North Carolina, where they have a first round NBA talent, another one as the college of Steph Curry. From South Korea, an international get, Hyun Jung Lee. I hope I said it. I think I said it right. Hope I did. Anyways, Lee has been lighting it up for them so far this year. 18 points, 7 rebounds. He was a guy that's been on, if you're big into the draft, he's NBA draft. He's a guy that a lot of NBA scouts have been looking at since the beginning of the year to, uh, to begin with. And he's been meeting expectations, maybe even exceeding him so far. 18 points, seven rebounds. He's six seven, but he's plays kind of hard shooting guard for him. A great shooter, uh, shooting I believe 40 percent, 40, 40%, which is you know really good. 51 percent overall. He's just a really efficient shooter, and they haven't had any like super tough competition yet. San Francisco was there, was one of their only two losses. San Francisco also. Only the the only team that kind of held him in check. One of the only teams, at least, others where he didn't do great, but they held him to his lowest point total so far this year in eleven. Still got rebounds though. Still went three for nine, which isn't an awful night. And uh, Davidson ended up only losing that game by five against a solid team in San Francisco. But yeah, he's double digits every game so far, which in college isn't isn't the easiest thing to do. Um, despite being a guard, has three double doubles so far this year. 
Uh, best game was against Charlotte at Charlotte. 32 points, 14 rebounds, six for 23. Just he can, he's a three level scorer, really quick, uh, plays solid defense as well. Kind of fits that NBA mold that they're looking for nowadays. Yeah. And I think it sucks that it won't be on the uh, like main TV. But if anybody has SEC Network Plus or just wants to stream it, um, they'll be playing Alabama tomorrow. Not one of the games we picked, but possible, possibly upset alert, especially since Bama struggled on Saturday with, uh, I believe, Jacksonville State. So that'll be his first competition. It's going to be really interesting to see how he does against Bama's, you know, all their good guards. So, yeah. Saw some about him last week and was wondering when you were going to start talking about this guy. It was only a matter of time. Um, yeah, A-10 guards. They're rated. Uh, but if he does well there, definitely solidifies him as a first-round guy. So really interesting game tomorrow when David's in Bama. But, yeah, Hyun Jung Lee, that's my mid-major guy of the week. Moving on to wrap things up, we got our random shit report. I'll let you take the main one. We both we were planning on talking about this on Thursday. Did you come up with any more over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. But I do have the. Let me find the. All right. We, we both we both we both had it. We didn't even need a. You know. We we, we both got it separately. And oh, I do have two actually. Okay. Right. The, but the main one that we were talking about yeah. happened last. Was it last Tuesday? So like a week ago from tomorrow. Yeah. Last yeah. Tuesday. Coppin State goes to play Drexel, except Coppin State forgets their jerseys, so they have they end up wearing Drexel's practice pennies. They don't have jerseys; they end up just wearing practice jerseys instead. So there's a picture of them wearing like just like cheap little black practice jerseys. I mean, it's what you can imagine. So yeah, just that that was wild to me. Only in college basketball. This is a D. This is a D one team. And actually, the man that tweeted it, Kevin Sweeney, great article on Sports Illustrated, going into Coppin State the first month of their year. Because Coppin State, for those of you that don't know, plays just a they're they're in the meek, not a big uh, D one conference. Or for them to get money, they pretty much just play a. They played I think thirteen games in November. And they're almost all of them are away, just traveling like every two days to most of the time get blown out. And it really goes into like, that's the thing with college basketball. That's where you got the team at the top, but you got 357 teams. You got the teams at the bottom too. And people forget about how much of a struggle it can be. So yeah, really great article. Kevin Sweeney, Sports Illustrated wrote it. I highly recommend checking it out. But yeah, that was, that was <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Do you have another one? Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, oh, whew, I'm, I'm losing it. Hold on. Did you do, you do your second one? Yes. Yeah. So this one's not as much of a, something random, just like a kind of a team thing. But um, UC Davis, who recently on the 15th beats Oregon State, who is a Pac-12 Power 5 school. Um, they had a big win against Oregon State. Just but a few weeks before that, had lost to Academy of Art, which I think we mentioned but that game before, which is a private um, for-profit art school in San Francisco. Yeah. 
yeah, that was, that's that was why I think that was that was um brought that up at some point in an early episode, but totally worth bringing up again because of how crazy it is. Shout out to Kat. Uh, yeah, here's here's mine. Not not super crazy, but definitely interesting. One of the things that one of the reasons why you love college basketball so much. Always some interesting places to hold games. And uh, yesterday, Duquesne, UC Irvine, played in Akron, Ohio. Um, yeah, they played in Akron, Ohio, a school in Pittsburgh and a school in California. Why would they play in Akron, Ohio, you ask? Well, Duquesne's head coach, Keith Dambrot, former coach of St. Vincent St. Mary High School in Akron, Ohio, former high school coach of LeBron James. So I think it's really cool. I guess this isn't the first time they've done this. Duquesne's, this is the third year, actually. Duquesne's had a game in Akron, but a neutral site game literally played in a high school and they play it in St. Vincent St. Mary's gym. Uh, two D1 teams, two solid D1 teams going at it. And Duquesne ended up beating UC Irvine by about 20. So just one of, a really cool location to have a game. Just thought I'd shout it out. One of the reasons college basketball is so great. All right. Uh, do you have anything you wanted to add before we wrap uh, up? No, I just had the, those two. I think that's that's all I got. All right. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back here on Thursday. Hopefully the games that we pick, they all go on. And we'll be back here on Thursday to cover should be an exciting weekend in college hoops. So we'll see you next time.